This is the Dr. Tim Murphy Show, where you will learn how to tear down the mental barriers to success and health and build up a stronger you. In these podcasts, Dr. Tim Murphy offers you the tools for recovery and surviving and thriving after trauma. There is a pathway to healing, and he does this through faith and psychology. Dr. Tim Murphy, bringing healing to your heart, your mind, and your spirit. Welcome to the Dr. Tim Murphy Show, where we combine mental health and faith to build a better you. Today's episode is titled, Trauma in Triplicate. My accident happened so long ago, she said. I physically healed for the most part, but the memories and the emotions jump back. I have tried distractions, medications, yoga to relax, exercise to burn off stress, but sometimes I get scared all over again. Why can't it just go away? Anyone who has ever experienced trauma will tell you this. It is really difficult to shake trauma memories. Whether the event is fresh and raw or from years past, it has a way of sneaking its way back in. Maybe the memory is triggered by a person, place, or conversation. Maybe it steals its way back when you least expect it. And there comes the feeling, that punch to the gut of anxiety and powerlessness. Just when you thought you had it covered, boom. Would it be great if that device from the movie Men in Black was real? The neuralizer? Look into the red light, press the button, and all traces of the targeted memory disappear in a flash of light. If only it was that easy and that complete. If only. If wishing were enough to erase the memories, they would certainly be gone long ago. But why do they linger? It's because bad memories are deeply imprinted on our minds through three channels. One, the original event. Two, the repeated loop memory. And three, our reaction, reaction. Let's explore these. First, the event itself. When we experience an emotionally intense event, we develop what is known as a flashbulb memory. Flashbulb memories may be associated with the most positive occasions in our life, like the birth of a child or your marriage proposal. We maintain a vivid, detailed memory, complete with a recall of all our senses at that moment in time. It may include great detail of what we saw, smelled, tasted, and felt down to the most minute and even insignificant detail. What song was playing? What were you wearing? That scent in the air. But flashbulb memories are also associated with a life-threatening and fear-filled event. The shock and awe create enduring memories of the moment. Some studies report that those who develop PTSD after trauma recall far more detail of the event, including both relevant and irrelevant features. Stress hormones released during a terrifying event prime the brain to be hypersensitized to make those memories even stronger. The hormones act like the ingredients you combine to make cement harden or like the yeast that makes bread dough rise. A flashbulb memory for the negative doesn't have to be life-threatening. It can be that moment you were fired from your job, learned your diagnosis, or received your divorce papers. Think about these events in your own life. You know how vivid 
that memory of hurt can be. And because they are so vivid and intense, they can create very durable neural pathways in the memory sections of your brain. Second, the memory gets caught in an infinite recall loop. We rehearse the memory over and over and over, each time making the memories stronger and clearer. Those memory tracks in our brains get even more vivid. Loop memories can be rehearsed hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of times. Do anything that many times and you learn it cold. Unforgettable. Unshakable. Each time reassociating whatever emotions you felt at the moment. But why rehearse something that we associate with pain? Part of this drive is to replay the memory is because we tend to remember unfinished tasks more than completed ones. It's called the Zygarnik effect, named after memory researcher Bluma Zygarnik. Sitting in a busy restaurant in Vienna, she observed that waiters were better able to keep track of unfinished orders than completed ones. Think of when you took a test in school. Afterward, your memory of the questions you did not know the answers to may gnaw at you, while soon forgetting the questions you knew how to answer. The same goes for your unfinished work project or the cliffhanger at the end of the TV show you were watching. Your brain wants an ending. When we suffer traumatic events, they are unfinished business. We want them completed, resolved in a way that solves the problem and takes away the pain. Since they are memories of the past, there is nothing we can do to change what happened. Nothing. What is done is done. That doesn't stop our brain from trying to fix it, though. So the memory replays again and again and again, including nightmares and ugly daytime flashbacks, all trying to find a happier ending. To make matters worse, our recollections are not pure. We never recall an event with 100% accuracy. Details may be added that never happened. Important details may be left out. People who develop prolonged trauma reactions may add emotions of guilt, blame, and shame for things totally out of their control or add new details that worsen their emotional reactions. We, we may imagine a detail and think, if only I paid attention to X, this never would have happened. I've known soldiers who blame themselves for the wounds of a battle buddy, thinking, it's my fault that I didn't see the shooter only to be corrected by another witness who said, there's no way you could have seen him. You were in a different building 20 yards away. After the trauma, people may remember details or entirely different events that are added to the trauma memory loop. A soldier's rifle jams when being fired upon. A driver is plagued by fears of failing brakes and an unavoidable crash after an accident. Although it never happened the added memory increases anxiety as they recall and practice powerlessness. This, too, becomes part of the rehearsed loop memory. Sometimes the event is so overwhelming that we develop amnesia for details. We can't make sense of what we don't remember. Memory gaps make the events harder to understand. These distortions impair our ability to heal. But we can't change what never happened. We can't fix the unfixable. When trying to recover from trauma, we can't work on healing the details that are just plain wrong. 
But this doesn't stop us from replaying the loop memory. Loop memories worsen our feelings of hopelessness and hope plummets. Caught in this infinite loop, we add interpretations of the event that have no place in reality. We conclude that we are a failure, incapable of healing, doomed to a disabled life with no hope of recovery. As we replay these judgments, we are hurting ourselves in ways that may be worse than the original trauma. All this rehearsal alters the biological architecture of our brain, increasing the size of our fight-flight center of the brain called the amygdala, shrinking the part of our brain that helps us process memories called the hippocampus, and weakening the connections with the higher-level reasoning parts of our brain. Our brain and body remain hyper-alert, constantly scanning for similar threats. The third contributor to this trauma is what I call reaction-reaction. This occurs when we react to our mental, physical, emotional, and even spiritual responses to the trauma, not the trauma itself. Physically, trauma hormones can cause us to gain weight. We may seek out comfort foods, alcohol, and drugs. Some lose their appetite and drop their weight to unhealthy levels. Our digestive system is a mess. We are susceptible to illnesses, more sensitive to pain as our joints hurt, making exercise difficult. We feel tired weak, ill, and listless. We then react to these physical changes and feel worse. Our body is weaker, fatter, thinner, tired. It's tough to feel motivated when our body aches. Mentally, stress can put us into a fog, unable to think clearly. It's hard to concentrate. We become forgetful and make mistakes. Long term, this accelerates the cognitive decline of aging. Even without thinking about the trauma, we feel awful about not being able to function as well as we once did. So we avoid friends, fearing embarrassment. It becomes challenging to think clearly when driving a car, cooking a recipe, or even following routines of everyday life. Where are my car keys? I forgot to brush my teeth. I'm a failure because I cannot finish my work project. What if I get fired? Emotionally, Stress hormones cause inflammation in key parts of our brain, leading to the sensations we associate with depression and anxiety. Depression breeds more depression and feelings of hopelessness and worthlessness. Being around other people can feel overwhelming, so we isolate and avoid contact with others. Panic attacks may come out of nowhere. We start thinking these feelings won't end. We're thinking, I'm powerless. Maybe the only way out is suicide. Spiritually, we may be thinking, why did God let this happen? Or prayers don't work. Or I'm too ashamed to be forgiven. Or God made a mistake when I was made. And I'm too overwhelmed to go to church. We may react with anger and feelings of abandonment. We have doubts about faith. Without faith, we lose hope. Without hope, we can't see a better tomorrow over the horizon. Weakness in all four of these areas, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, become our new focus. It no longer matters what happened to us when we are overwhelmed by our current state. We are having a reaction to our reaction. But it doesn't have to be this way. You cannot change history. You do not have to live trauma in triplicate. 
You can change your current thoughts. That is the prime target to getting better, and you can fight your reaction reaction. Don't mistake your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual symptoms as proof you are broken forever, because you are not. Find a valued friend or counselor to talk about what happened to you and the way you are feeling now. A good friend can redirect you every time you say, I failed, I'm ashamed, it's my fault, I'll never get better, I cannot be forgiven, God is punishing me, I've been abandoned. A good friend or counselor will tell you that none of that is true. You are not abandoned. There is hope for you. Lots of it. As it says in Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times. A brother or sister was born for adversity. But please... Please let them help. Trauma is not forever. Hope is. Thank you for listening. If you have any comments or questions or suggestions for future podcasts, please send them to me through my website, drtimmurphy.com, and please share my website with your friends and family. I'd love to hear from you. You can find more information about trauma in my book, The Christ Cure, 10 Biblical Ways to Heal from Trauma, Tragedy, and PTSD. Available through my website or wherever books are sold. I'm Dr. Tim Murphy. I look forward to speaking with you next time.